It is Thursday, December 3rd, 2020. About to wrap up this year. Thanks for joining me today, everybody. I uh, a little bit of a shorter show today. I have an appointment that I must get to. But of course, we must do the show. The show must go on, as you know. It must go on. So good morning and welcome. I'm Dan Benjamin. This is Dan Benjamin Live, as you are forcing me to call it. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I've done a couple little things with the audio, so let me know if it sounds better while you're watching the live stream. We'll see. Hopefully it does. I think it sounds amazing, but I'll allow you to judge it. So how are you today? I asked on Twitter uh, if anything good was going on and what you wanted me to talk about, because, you know, you you guys are the uh, producers of this show in, in the Adam Curry, no agenda style. Uh, you're the ones that can help make this show be great. So... I'm relying on you to help me uh, by sending links and cool things like that. And uh, that's, that's kind of where we are right now, is that you are producing the show. So one of the things I asked people for were some links this morning. And um, B. Bellamy, who's at free underscore snake on Twitter, replied and said the mayor of Austin hosted a 20-person wedding for his daughter and then traveled to Mexico for a week. At the same time, he was urging Austin residents to stay at home. Uh, he says that he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. There's a lot of that. You see a lot of that. Um, it's not, as they say, it's not a good look, but I just want to continue to urge people. You know, every time that I read something about masks, about wearing masks, I read something that is the complete opposite. So for example, it will say wearing a mask helps prevent COVID. And then all the same day, it'll say masks do nothing. But here's the thing. What if they're right about it, right? What if they're right that masks actually help? Does wearing one, is it a bad idea? So anyway, go wear one. Now, before I get into some of the news and links and stuff, I, there was something that I, I was thinking about this morning. Uh, and I was thinking about, and I was tweeting about this a little bit is, um, all of a sudden, and it seems like it's happened within the last 24 hours. Y'all see in this too, that it seems like the ads that are showing up in my Twitter feed are just like, I used to see a promoted tweet once in a while. And now I'm seeing them like every 10 tweets, there's an ad in there. And, and people responded when I tweeted about this saying, Oh, that's why I use TweetBot. You should use TweetBot or TweetDeck or something else. And I do. And that's the thing is I prefer TweetBot. I love TapBots. I love the folks that build those uh, apps as well. They've been really cool to me, giving me like in back in the day previews and other things. And I really, really like the app both on the Mac and on iOS. And I prefer using that. But there are features that are missing from these apps. They're not missing because the uh, creators of the apps, the third-party apps, don't want to include them. They do. Twitter won't let them. They won't give them access to things like polls, which I love to do. I love to do polls. Uh, they won't let you do Twitter bookmarks, which I use a lot of the time to remember uh, things that I don't necessarily want to like, but that I want to remember and talk about later. Uh, you can't do that in one of the apps. They also don't let you do group direct messages, which is not something I do a lot of, but I do sometimes use it. And those are cool features that I just don't want to give up. So I'm stuck most of the time using the Twitter website. Uh, and there's also another aspect to this 
which comes in uh, because I I find that it's easy to get lost in Twitter, whether you're lost in the amount of time that you spend on it or whether you get lost in just uh, being constantly distracted and checking it. So what I actually do to make it hard, I want to make it harder for myself to use Twitter. I want to make it difficult to use Twitter in a way. Uh, so I force myself to open the website and type twitter.com whenever I want to check Twitter. Those extra steps make me take a little bit more time and put extra thought into it. If it's a tap away, I will do it much more than I should be doing it or much more often than I should be doing it. So uh, that's another, I guess, benefit to using the Twitter website, maybe. Uh, well, some people have showed up in the chat. Uh, yes, evening in the Netherlands. Elwin is here to say good evening and good evening to the Netherlands. Uh, it says the audio sounds good. Thank you. And uh, also, uh, Elwin says that since December 1st, wearing masks in public buildings is forced by law here. Um, that's cool that the Netherlands can do things like that. In uh, the United States, of course, it's up to the state and the governor of the state. And um, I, our governor, I don't think, wants to do that quite the way that some other states want to do here in Texas. It's always interesting to me, though, because Texas is all about personal liberty, personal responsibility, and, uh, you know, it, it's the come and take it mentality, right? Like, we're all here all about independence and being able to do what we want. Uh, and so I respect in some ways that the governor doesn't want to make it mandatory, but sometimes people are just too stupid to think for themselves and they need to be told what to do. And, and maybe this is one of those cases. I don't know. People are going to get angry if I talk about that too much, but let them get angry. I mean, it, if you can do something that might work and might help and might save someone's grandmother, like I want to save people's grandmothers. That's what I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to save your grandmother. So and we'll go, uh, we'll go with it like that. Um, but it's, you know, uh, the other thing that's interesting is you can go here and go to a, a drive through bar and buy alcohol in your car. Um, but you can't, if, if, if you're completely eligible for and would incredibly benefit from the many benefits of something like cannabis for your mental health or for your physical health, uh, for a variety of different things. Nope, you can't do that. We can't let people do that, but go get your drive-in uh, alcohol and don't wear a mask unless you really want to. Uh, Elwin says, isn't there any possibility to force it from higher up like the president? It doesn't work that way here, uh, really. It would be almost impossible for something like that to ever, ever happen. It's going to be up to the individual states and the governors of the states, and that's just the way that it works. And they say it's, uh, Dominic shows up and says it's evening in the black, in black forest too. I don't know where black forest is, but now that I don't live in a place called black forest, I'm angry. Now I'm angry. So house of film says at least tweet deck is still good and still exists. Yes, indeed. Um, so there's another cool thing I wanted to tell you about here. It's, uh, somebody named Bill Brewster, uh, tweeted, about something they're calling Netflix effect. I'm going to assume that Bill Brewster made this graphic that's up on the screen now. If you were lucky enough and, uh, and, and smart enough to watch this as a YouTube video or on Periscope or on Twitch, uh, thank you for that because you're an amazing human being uh, and you get to see the videos and things. If you're just listening to this as a podcast, well, that's fine too. I try to make it compatible with both. 
Uh, but this is a little graphic called the Netflix effect, and I'll read it to you. Uh, it says, on October 23rd, 2020, The Queen's Gambit debuts on Netflix. This is a great show. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. The acting is great. The uh, costumes are great. The locations, the sets are amazing. Uh, so this is uh, a story about a woman who, as a child, becomes a chess prodigy and what happens in her life. So if you have Netflix and you can watch a show, it's great. But back to the list here. October 23rd, The Queen's Gambit, which is a which is a show about chess, comes out. And it says, to date, 62 million households have watched the show. Inquiries for chess sets are up 250% on eBay. Google search queries for how to play chess have hit an all-time high in nine years. The original novel, The Queen's Gambit, is now a New York Times bestseller 37 years after it came out. And finally, the number of new players on chess.com has increased by five times. So here's the Netflix effect. If, if there ever has been a Netflix effect, you can really see it happening here. Uh, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. How many new people are being introduced to something like like chess, for example, is uh, is wild all because of a show. So the power of the media, okay, and and Netflix is is a uh, is is by all means part of the media. It's entertainment. The power of that to influence what we do and how we do it is pretty remarkable. Uh, let's see. Okay, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, Singapore is now the first country to approve lab-grown meat. So here's a giant picture of what looks like, uh, yeah, pop-ups, uh, of, uh, of, of what looks like chicken nuggets. I don't know if these are the lab-grown chicken nuggets or not. But it says Singapore has become the first country in the world to give the green light to the sale of lab-grown meat. Um, it says uh, eat, ju eat Just is the name of this startup. Eat Just is a U.S. startup. It says it made sure no chickens were killed in the development of the meat. It's made through a process of cell isolation uh, where stem cell samples are obtained through various methods that do not harm animals, like taking a biopsy. Once the animal cells are cultured, they're put into a bioreactor where a variety of nutritional ingredients are mixed together for perfect density. There are a plethora of advantages to cultured meat, but one significant benefit is the absence of antibiotics. So we don't have to worry about that. Eat Just will be partnering with just one restaurant to start, and it'll only be selling nuggets for now. But then it will be sold direct to consumers. How would you feel about that? I'm curious. If you're, if you're watching this right now, uh, would, would you eat the antibiotic-free but completely lab-engineered chicken? Would you do that? I, I eat meat. I eat chicken. I don't like the fact that animals have to die for me to live. I would like to not have anything die for me to live the way I want to live. I would try it, I guess. I mean, it's we're kind of going the other direction from the Soylent Green world, which I like. I think that's good. Um, but I don't know. Would you, would you eat that? Elwin asks if I play chess. Yes, I play chess and not very well. Uh, Tim says, I'd eat it up. He actually says, I'd eat it yup, which I also like. Um, okay. Now there's something that's been, uh, circulating. Um, there are these trials that are going on the, there's an oversight committee talking about the election and if there was election fraud and they have someone from 
uh, and you knew I was going to have to talk about this. You know I was going to have to talk about this. They have a woman who is uh, talking and testifying about what she saw in the process of this uh, election and talking about the fraud and voting counts and things like that. I love everything about this video. I love this woman. I think it's amazing. I like her her attitude. I like her accent. I like everything about this. Uh, and so, you know, I'm just going to play the clip and, and we'll see what happens. See if this, you know, because I'm, I'm still tinkering with stuff. So we'll see if this works. Told me that I would be parking in a parking lot and I would be Hold on. I've got to make it louder, I guess. Um, I called my mother and I told my mother about this and my mom said no absolutely not you're not doing that um I also had a concern about that because I do have small two isn't her accent great there's so many videos of this going around right now but what she what she really does is uh is 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 crazy here's another video I just want to I just want to show you guys this one because this one's even better just li- the whole every you've got to watch this you've got to tune in you've got to tune into the video and watch this just do it just the, do the it the poll book the poll book is completely off completely off off that by 30, poll, I'd say that poll book is off by over a hundred thousand that poll book why don't you look at the registered voters on there how many registered voters are on there? Did you do you even know the answer to that? No, I guess it's, I'm trying to get to the bottom. I, I just I don't know why I love it. I love that this is the way that the trial is going. I, I mean, it's it's fascinating to me. Her accent is great. I want to get her on the show. We need to get her on this show. So I need someone to find out who she is, and we're going to get her on the show. We're going to do a little interview with her because I want to hear from her. I think this is amazing. Okay, now. Uh, I, see, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. I hate being time constrained. Don't you? I'm halfway through the show and I have to wrap up. I don't like that. Maybe if I can, I'll do a second. What if I did a bonus show later? I don't want to over promise. You want to under promise and you want to over deliver. See, so maybe I won't do a show later, but you never know. Reptiles uh, were smuggled from Mexico. Apparently, this is a thing that happens a lot. And they were found at a German airport, but they were stitched inside dolls. German airport customs officers found 26 rare reptiles, 10 of them dead. Of course, they're dead because you're smuggling them and they're inside of dolls, uh, inside parcels of toys and sweets from Mexico. Uh, the endangered horned lizards, alligator lizards, and box turtles were going to private buyers in Germany, and they were sold. And if you're if you're watching this, you can see that they're these dolls that they had sewed the reptiles inside of the dolls. And I guess it was they don't know where the reptiles came from. And I guess they're thinking that so what if if some of them die, some of them will live, and we'll make enough money to do it. But uh, why is this? Why is there? Who wants these things? Who's paying for the endangered? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. All right. We talked the other day, uh, yesterday, about the sale of, uh, of Slack to Salesforce. And I, I thought maybe they'll leave it alone. Maybe it will be fine. Maybe it will just continue on and, and be great. Maybe it won't. Who knows? I don't know. You don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, but for a long time, a guy named Andrew Wilkinson from Meta Lab has been telling a story about how they, my reading of it says that, that they created Slack, that Stuart Butterfield contacted them and said, we, we, need, we need you to help us 
we want to make Slack. And Andrew sort of claims that they made Slack. Now, I've talked to Andrew. I, th I can't remember if I hired them to do something back in the old days or if they hired me at something. I worked with them in some capacity and found them to be excellent to work with. They had wonderful process, uh, were very responsive, and uh, I liked it. So I, and I've had very minimal interaction with Andrew Wilkinson uh, at all over the years really since then. Um, but here's something interesting. And I'll just I'll show you these tweets and I'll read them to you and we can uh, we can decide you can decide rather if what what to believe here. But it's interesting and it's also interesting that this is happening on Twitter. It's happening in the public space, in the public eye. So I'll read these to you. The first tweet comes from uh, Andrew and he says, in 2013, I got a call from Stuart, who's Stuart Butterfield. His gaming startup glitch had failed. He seemed gutted. They had burned through millions and laid off their entire staff. He had an idea he wanted us to help with. A last-ditch effort to get his investors' money back. Dot, dot, dot. It was an IRC-inspired chat app, Womp Womp. There were already similar chats like Campfire and HipChat. I didn't have the heart to tell him, but it seemed like a Me Too product. I didn't really get it. I thought it had low odds of success. Dot, dot, dot. And um, he said he hired Metalab, to, I'm paraphrasing, he hired Metalab to turn it into a launchable product. He could only afford to pay $60,000 to do everything for a logo marketing site, mobile and web apps, the works. He offered equity, but I pushed for cash, etc. It continues. Here's an important one. We worked like crazy and did our best to set it apart. We tried to make Slack feel fun and different from other products like a video game. The team hit it out of the park and defined the DNA of what became a smash hit. Much of the original design still defines the product. And he says, Metalab was the first beta user. There was something addictive about it. It was fun to use for some reason, better than the other products. But I didn't invest. I felt the writing was on the wall. Tough market, established competition, etc. Dot, dot, dot. And here's where it gets kind of interesting, is a, a guy named um, Johnny Rogers replies. And he says, uh, hi, A. Wilkinson, Andrew Wilkinson. I know you're fond of telling this story. Just wanted to clarify a few things for others following along from someone who was there for everything before, during, and after Metalab's involvement. One, Metalab did zero development work on Slack, certainly not, quote, mobile and web apps the works. We contracted you for banding and visual design pass. Two, Metalab was not our first beta user. He says, now credit where due, the UI, skin, plus early branding the team did were great and have been durable over time. Purple is a great color, but don't overestimate, over, I'm sorry, don't overstate your claim in order to mythologize your own role in the creation of this company. Too many other people have worked too hard. This is followed by two tweets, which unfortunately are deleted and I can't see them. And Andrew then later says, I was angry. I deleted the tweet. It was immature. It's so interesting to me that people use Twitter and don't expect to get some kind of a response if they're making a claim. And I've read this claim uh, from Andrew many, many times. He's tweeted about it. He's talked about it elsewhere. But to think that something like this isn't maybe true, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's or, or isn't completely true or it's being portrayed in a different way. I don't know. I find this concept interesting. It's not so much what they're saying or how they're saying it or who's right and who's wrong. That's not even that interesting to me because I don't care who created Slack or who helped out with it at this point. It doesn't, I mean, like, I mean, I guess I care because I know some of these people, but that's not what's interesting to me about this story. What's interesting to me about this story is that if you're going to make a claim on Twitter or publicly 
you better be able to back it up. You better be sure. You better guarantee that what you're saying is true or else uh, it will come out. Um, so I, I, I happen to think that this, this is very interesting. Oh, uh, here's a quick video, and it's got to be one of the last things we do because I've got to go. Uh, but NSF has released a uh, some drone footage of the Arecibo collapse. Apparently, they had uh, footage of that amazing Arecibo dish that we were talking about earlier, uh, part of it collapsing. They have a special report on it. You can find the... Um, the uh, the notes for this in in the show notes, which are going to be are we on episode? I don't even. I, I guess I should know what episode. I think in terms of days and not in terms of episode numbers. But you need those for the links, don't you? But it's it's going to be uh, at um, dbl.fireside.fm/slash/ten. I think sure. Uh, not not Jake is asking me in the chat. Yo Dan, have you used Panix Nova? I have used Panix Nova and it's pretty good. It doesn't work uh, for my workflow, unfortunately. Um, it it could it could but it doesn't have the kind of integrated tools that i'm used to using but i'm a genuine fan of everything panic does i know cable over there and i love the work that those guys do uh and i think it's probably nova is probably the best uh, or one of the best editors out there it's modern it's clean it's good and i'm definitely looking into it but um i i have so much muscle memory invested in applications like Sublime Text and before that TextMate that I'm kind of it the challenge of learning a new editor and learning the tools the keystrokes the key commands or spending the time that I would need to remap them to the way that I my muscle memory works I've been using apps like that for so long and when I sit down to code I just want to get the code done. I just want to get the feature written and tested and out the door that to change the editor that I'm using for the sake of changing the editor because the new one's cool, it provides me with too much of uh, a barrier. Um, I can't afford to be slowed down because the time that I have is so compressed right now. So that's the main reason that I'm not using it. They're asking what I use. Sublime Text 3 is my main editor these days. I used TextMate for many, many years before that and switched because I just wasn't seeing any kind of development. And even switching from TextMate to Sublime Text 3 was a challenge and took time. And they're so similar. The idea of switching to something like uh, Nova, I just can't do it, uh, at least not right now. Didik says, hello from Indonesia. Hello, Indonesia. How are you? It's good to you know that people in Indonesia are watching. It's so much fun to do this kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, here's the last thing. This is the last thing I've got time for. I'm already too late. I've already gone past where I should have gone. But I, I, I need someone to fact check this for me because it's bizarre and ridiculous and it's 2020 and it's Rudy Giuliani and I have to think that this could be true. Okay, I'm going to play this clip for you. I'm going to let it play several times and you be the judge. And for those at home, this is a video of in the same trial that I was showing you the woman from before. This is the same uh, same trial that's going on. It's Rudy Giuliani. Apparently, I feel that this is edited. I'm going to call foul on this, but I, I want to find if anyone can find the original footage and show me if this has been edited or not. The thing is that Ruli Giuliani seems to fart during him talking, and the woman that's sitting next to him whips her head over and, and looks. Okay, listen. 
I know this is juvenile, okay, but it's also 2020, and sometimes we just need to laugh at stuff because this year sucks so bad, so bad. So I'm going to play this. I'm going to play it three or four times. I need the fact-checking. I need someone to weigh in and say, no, this is fake because I just it's too crazy to believe. So he, here's the clip. The answer, point of order. the answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. Just like you, they don't want to know the truth. Well, you probably know the truth. The answer, point of order. the answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. Just like you. Okay. And so right after he does it, or supposedly does it, the woman turns her head and looks at him. Is it just good editing? I don't know. But I'm going to leave you with this today. I want to do a longer show. I like to do a 30-minute show. I've done a 25-minute show. It's not enough. I know. I know it's not enough. But today is slammed, and I've got to run. I've got an appointment. So, uh, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Listen, I don't say this, but I, I need you to subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications so you get alerted when I do one of these things. Uh, the channel is youtube.com slash Dan Benjamin. Go there, find it, and uh, subscribe to the podcast if you like that better. If you're if you're listening to the podcast, subscribe to the show. Even if you don't want to watch it, it helps me. It helps me if you become a subscriber. It helps YouTube promote the show. They need to find out about it. And, of course, the stupid thing is that after I do the show, it takes YouTube like 24 hours before they freaking post it. So the more people that subscribe, apparently the faster that happens. So do that for me. But um, I appreciate everybody who is listening, who is tuned in. Um, it's great to do this. I just have so much fun doing this. So tune in live. I try to do this at about uh, 11, 11.30 Eastern time. I'm trying to move it a little bit earlier. Uh, but, you know, you get stuff to do with your kids in the morning and, and it takes time. Then you got to get in. You got to put out the fires. And, uh, and everything else so I'm doing my best guys but the more of you who tune in and the more who you subscribe the more I'll do the show that's how it works have a good one thanks for tuning in today we'll see you next time